Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast. And in the next few episodes, we're focusing on something a little bit different. We're going to talk about some of the factors outside of work that we think will help you to succeed in work. And the topics we're going to cover include health, sleep, money and relationships. The big stuff. <laughs> yeah, just those small topics that might be useful along the way. And for every episode, we've both chosen a different book to read because we are very mindful that we are not the experts in any of these areas <laughs> and probably get lots of things wrong. And we're going to focus our conversations together about what we've learned, how it's helped us and hopefully how it might help you too. And so today's conversation, we're starting with health. So Helen, what book did you choose and why? Why did you choose that book? I feel like I'm on like a game, game show. show. Yeah, game show. <laughs> Would it be the most fun game show about mm. books that we've I chosen? I, I, I find know. that game show quite Lots quite of people fun, like but... books. So Sarah, the book that I have chosen for today's podcast episode is Dr. Rongan Chatterjee, The Four Pillar Plan. How to relax, eat, move and sleep your way to a longer, healthier life. And what made you choose that book? Well, I think Dr. Rongan is like the, the go-to guru at the moment on all things very popular, isn't he? You see him all over Instagram sharing his words of wisdom. And I actually had never actually read one of his books. So I'd engaged with lots of his stuff on social media, but I hadn't really sat down and you know really spent some time with his thinking in a written form. And so it just gave me a bit of an opportunity to do that. Also... Everyone who is listening can't see this, but it's a very nice cover. Like, it's quite aesthetically pleasing. It's quite a... It's a book with pictures and colour, Sarah. So I thought, I've got four books to read very quickly for these podcasts. And so maybe this one might have some... It does have some tables. It does have some sort of things that you can tick and fill in. And that was quite appealing to me. What about you? What book did you choose and why? Very different style of book to you. So I chose a book which is part of the Do series of books. So Do Walk subtitle navigate earth mind and body step by step okay. and the author is Libby Delana and the reason that I chose the book is I have actually been for a walk with Libby so Libby Ooh. was at do lectures which is something that I went to recently in deepest darkest Wales and Libby was there giving a talk alongside Cheryl Strayed so they were talking about the benefits of walking and I knew that she'd written this book. I also really like the do books generally, the kind of series of books. So I thought I'm going to dive a bit deeper into that, especially as you know, when you've met someone, you feel a greater sense of connection with them. And I've actually been, it wasn't just me to be fair, it was a group of us, but we did go on a very beautiful walk together. So it felt like a, a good follow up from that experience. 
Ah, oh, that's a really nice story. Uh, yeah, I haven't had a conversation with Dr. Wonga <laughs> yet, but maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I will after this. Who knows? Okay, so question number one about the book. What are three things that you learned from it about health? So the first thing I learned, which didn't surprise me, but it's nice to have something kind of confirmed or reinforced, is that walking is really good for us in lots mm-hmm. of ways. So... Actually, it's not a very research-based or academic book at all, but a couple of the bits that I picked out from it were some of those stats and facts. I just found those interesting. So Stanford University did um, some research about how walking improves creativity. And most of us might go, oh, yeah, I get that. You know, when we go for a walk, we get unstuck and it helps us to think things through. But it doesn't just improve creativity a little bit. It's by 60%. So it's by a lot. And then she also dives into Brain World magazine, who knew? <laughs> Who talk <laughs> Subscribes about? Subscribes instantly. Yeah. <laughs> you say that I have looked at both of these articles. I like went into a rabbit hole of then of reading the articles, <laughs> and they were talking about how I did find this fascinating. The brain structures that allow us to walk are also the same brain structures that allow us to access our most sophisticated cognitive abilities. So when we are trying to do things that are hard, you know, when you feel like you're spiraling or stuck, you know, often there's that phrase, and we're going to talk about sleep in another episode. You know, people say, oh, you should sleep on it. I actually think you could also substitute that with, you should walk on it. So before you make a difficult decision, or if you've got something where you feel like you are stuck, like go for a walk and just like see whether that helps. So you know that creativity percentage, is that from general walking? Or is that like, to your point, when you get stuck going for a walk at that point, that's when it makes you more creative? Or is it like, go for a walk a day, and it's like increases your baseline creativity? So generally, it makes you more creative in terms of they gave people, you know, almost tests for how creative can you be in response to this thing. Mm -hmm. What they did find, which I was like, oh, well, this bit I find less interesting, because I definitely don't want to do this. It actually doesn't matter whether you could walk on a treadmill inside or you could obviously walk outside and walk in nature and we'll talk a bit more about the difference between those two things later it's the same thing so if you just if you 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 could walk around your house and that's like that has the same impact and I think they thought going outside would be they would find a much bigger difference than they did so just any movement basically is good for us also the other thing I found interesting is recently we've done some walk and talks in our amazing if team for the first time and I definitely found that you'd have a different kind of conversation it's a really interesting thing to do But apparently, if you walk side by side with someone, so we did them remotely, we were both going for a walk at the same time with someone in our team, but we weren't together. If you walk side by side, there is extra benefits in terms of connection, which again, you know, I I guess you you sort of get. So that was the first thing that I learned. I was like, you feel like it should be good for you. And it sort of is. And it's not that hard to find a lot of evidence to prove that's true. The second one, which is perhaps more personal to me, I think I've always beaten myself up and felt like, I should be able to be more mindful and better at meditation. I've read so many, you know, studies and articles through the work that we do, where I was like, I get really fed up that the answer to everything is like mindfulness and meditation, probably because I'm not very good at either of those things. And I don't find it very, again, it's almost a bit embarrassing to admit, but I don't find it very motivating. Probably probably one of the reasons I'm not very good at it, right? Like I go, I don't want to just sit and meditate or listen to somebody try and get me to meditate and I don't find that very um inspiring for for whatever reason but I do recognize how frequently I see it come up as a really useful thing it's quite an anti-Sarah thing I would say in that your brain is thoughtful and reflective and considered and so I would sort of put meditation as something that would fit with your brain Mm. so it's interesting that you have such a dare I say fixed mindset about it in terms of how it could help 
Yeah, and I think because I've tried and failed maybe a few mm, times, it's just never quite connected. However, but the good news is <laughs> duh, duh, duh. I've basically realised that you can be really mindful and meditate while walking. I think I had kind of made ah. the assumption that it has to equal, you know, sitting in one place, you know, eyes closed, cross legs, like very stereotypical what you imagine when you visualise someone meditating. And there's actually a whole section in the book about how it really helps with being kind of mindful and the same sort of practising of meditation. Now, there are some things I think you definitely need to think about if that's why you are walking. So, you know, whether you're going to listen to something or whether you're just, it's almost like the act of walking. But if you're listening to a podcast that's about like comedy or food, which I sometimes do, that probably doesn't quite do the same thing. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that Libby talks about in the book So Libby does a morning walk and she wakes up at 5am to go for this morning walk. I'm ignoring that bit because I'm never going to do that. And she walks a long way every day and she's done it for like eight or nine years. It's it's a really, really long time. So for her, it is a practice, you know, like a true practice of like it's become a ritual. It's something she does every day. She's very, very committed to it. And I was like, oh, that's quite interesting because if you think about, well, what are you walking for? Sometimes I think we're walking in a very purposeful way, as in, to go to the shops to get something, that's quite different to where walking is the thing itself. So it's just things, yeah. and I think sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm going for a walk because I want to listen to a podcast. That's quite different to I'm going for a walk because I want to give my brain a break or my brain the ability to think differently. What is the reason for walking? If it is that, then you probably want to maybe just have the space to not be listening to something. And maybe you want to do it by yourself as well. The whole like, do you walk with someone or do you walk by yourself? What are you walking for is a lovely question. And then the other thing when you were talking there that made made me think was, is there a distinction? Don't know the answer to this, but is there a distinction between meditating versus being meditative? You, mm. you know, like like meditative to me means a state of concentrated intent in a way, you know, like you're kind of shutting everything else, a meditative state. So I could do that of course, by shutting off the rest of my thoughts and sitting there meditating, or I could do it by just going for a walk and just kind of focusing my mind on one thing. So I wonder if there's a distinction, which is where the walking with intent comes into it. And then the last thing was that probably the most important time to walk is when you don't want to. I did recognise this. You know, in your your busiest days, the days where you really feel like you've not got time for it, they are probably the days where you would get the most benefit from it. Now, what Libby describes in the book is, I mean, for her, it's completely non-optional now. It's sort of, it's just who she is. It's sort of how she lives her life. But I think if you're thinking about, and for me, I love variety. I am never getting up every day at 5am to do a walk, but almost on spotting and recognising those really busy weeks, the busy months, and creating space in those days and those weeks for walks if you think then about like well, what am I walking for I'm walking to de-stress to find a bit of space in a busy day to make sure I can still think creatively even if I'm if I've got to do a lot in a day and there is a really good quote in the book from Hippocrates where he says if you're in a bad mood go for a walk if you're still in a bad mood go for another walk which which really made me smile <laughs> I just imagine myself like looping and looping and even I do find it interesting that now doctors do prescribe walks in a natural setting so they do make that distinction as in things like forest bathing and kind of you know going into green spaces to improve mood and decrease anxiety stress and depression and so though she doesn't really dive into those things lots in the book I think it's one of one of her points about walking is it's free it's simple. Most of us could make time to go for a walk at some point in our day, 
even if it was just for 15 minutes. And I do think at the start of the pandemic, and this will be different, I know, for different people, lots of people did that almost because there was the restriction of, well, you can only go out once a day. So suddenly everyone went, oh, crikey, okay, well, I'm going to go out for a walk and that's maybe the one time that I can get out and about. And then I think lots of us have almost unlearned something that was probably quite useful for us because now we're all maybe working in a hybrid way or perhaps you're going back into an office a bit more. So it did make me just stop and think about like when are you walking when does walking work really well for you and Libby Libby's book isn't prescriptive she's not saying you should do it my way she's saying this is what I've done and this is why it's worked so well for me and then I think as you read through it I very much took the bits that I thought oh that would work really well for me and then I ignored the bits where she talks about um it's freezing cold and she still goes for a walk yeah. and she takes a picture of her she's been a creative director Livy has so the photography in the book is beautiful and there's just a picture of her with like just loads of clothes on and like almost like icicles all over her face and I was like okay well I won't do that bit but then there's the bits where she's in like beautiful settings on the beach and stuff and I was like I'll, but I'll do that bit <laughs> I'll do mindful working yeah. walking when it works for me so what about you what did you learn from the book how are we you know help me be loads healthier well actually there's some interesting points of connection between some of the things that you said so Obviously, Dr. Ronga Chatterty is a doctor, yes. like a, a, a medical doctor. <laughs> a real-life doctor. <laughs> a real-life doctor. And he does prescribe things like you are saying that Libby huh. has advocated. So his perspective that he frames the whole book in is that as a doctor for a long time, what he has seen is people being medicated with some form of a drug for some illness they exhibit. And I'm being very broad about that, but like basically a drug being the first answer to someone's ailment. And what he has realised through a lot of the consultations that he has had with patients is that drugs first isn't necessarily the right answer for everybody. And, you know, it might be for lots of people, but what he says is a lot of the symptoms are a result of their lifestyle. And so what you need to do is look at their lifestyle in order to resolve the symptoms, not give people drugs, which actually might not solve it over the long mm-hmm. term. So very, very kind of similar basis to the to the walking. And do you know the other thing is I read this book in parallel with the 5 a.m. club by Robin Sharma, which is a tie. I feel like you would never pick up that book nope. because of what it's called. Nope. Um, and I don't even think you'd really love the book. But within the book, which is like some sort of slightly philosophical story about life it's a bit weird but um within the book it talks about every day this 20 20 20 thing like you should do 20 minutes of movement 20 minutes of sort of reflection like the walkie type thing you talked about and then 20 minutes of learning and it's not that i feel like there's some connected stuff going on here between Mm. what dr rongan says what libby's saying and also what that book that you would never buy says i've given you the shortcut to that book so you never you never need to read it (laughs) but um three things that i have taken away specifically from dr rongan chatty's book about this four pillar plan the first is that stress isn't always bad but it's a problem if it's sustained the reason this sort of made me think was i i think sometimes we go all stress is bad it's bad to be stressed you know that's a that if your work is causing you stress then you're not working well actually what he says is that sometimes stress can be quite an enabling function because if you're working on something you've not done before and you're having to work at pace and it feels quite challenging, then that can be quite a stressful situation, but it can take you to places that you might not have been before and it can stretch you in ways that you might not have done before. And that actually stress in that context over a short period of time can move you into places that you might not have got to otherwise. The problem, he says, is when it's sustained. And so I just think it's interesting that rather than just dismiss stress as something bad, almost 
almost see it as sort of a stress scaled. Uh, like how long has it gone on for? And on a scale of one to 10, how stressful is this situation? Because if it hasn't gone on for very long and it's probably under five, then it might just be a forcing function for a moment to get you to get something done. But if it is over five and it's for longer than feels comfortable, then there might be a situation that you need to kind of work through. So that was the first thing that stuck for me. The second is the difference between our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous system. Okay, <laughs> tell okay, me more. Okay, okay tell, tell you more. So I've, I've actually got my notes from the book here. I've got a little, <laughs> I've underlined it and I've got a little page marker. So our automatic nervous system regulates our automatic processes. So the things that you do without thinking, breathing, okay. digestion, all that great stuff. And in this system, this automatic nervous system, you have the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic one is the one that causes you to release stress response hormones like cortisol. So you know what I'm saying? Like for a short period of time, that stuff can kind of help you and it kind of makes your heart beat faster. It's necessary for our survival. It gives us energy in our muscles. You know, like it's that, that, that kind of fight response that you need sometimes to a situation. So if you're stressed, you're getting lots of that stuff going mm-hmm. on. That's all your sympathetic nervous system. But what we really need to do is make sure it's balanced with our parasympathetic nervous system. So this is the one that you get from rest and relaxation. So Sounds his good. point is, yeah, it's not bad to have the stress dust, but you've got to balance it out. So okay. if you are not getting some of the things that basically slow your body down, that helps to respond to some of those hormones that have been sort of activated when you're stressed, then you're kind of not balancing yourself out. And so for a lot of people, what they need to do is work on the parasympathetic balancing stuff, the stuff that gives you the rest and relaxation taxation and that's why that's so important so i'd not i hadn't really i hadn't looked at that before but interesting so this parasympathetic one that gets triggered by rest and relaxation that sort of stuff helps um, your digestion for example helps you to sleep better Mm -hmm. yeah it's just better kind of for your body so I think when people are stressed and they may be, you know, like you're not sleeping yeah. or, you know, your food's not going down properly, all that. It's just all very linked. I thought it was quite interesting. What sort of, does he give examples of what that rest and relaxation Well, he does. Would you like, like to, I, yeah, I've got notes on this page over here, Sarah. So <laughs> you, for you really example, have, I can literally see you getting all your have. post-it notes out for me. <laughs> some of the things that I wrote down in this section, yeah. uh, make sure you've got some me time in your daily routine. Yeah, okay. So, so that's very and, similar to the Dr. Bill Mitchell. Yeah. A moment for me. Yeah. Screen-free time. Okay. So there's lots of screen time that can trigger that sympathetic nervous system. So, you know, the cortisol, the, the sort of stress hormones, basically. And so basically switch off the screens and you reduce the risk that that stuff's generating. Sarah is nodding at me while I'm talking, everybody, because she's like, there you go, Helen. <laughs> Gratitude, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about later. And box breathing, actually, which I've we've talked about breathing, before. Yeah. yeah. So for people that don't know the box breathing, it's like breathe in for four seconds, hold your breath for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds hold that kind of out breath for four seconds and then just cycle around it and I have found that very helpful and I guess that's that meditative thing that isn't meditating but just that act of mindful breathing is quite a meditative process so there you go that is what I learned from the book hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I would say you are someone who takes your health seriously. And I know quite a lot about your health. Like you're you're very intentional about what you eat. You're really good at looking after yourself. You kind of know what's in food and you love food. You're like really interested in food. I think I love food, but in a very different, in a slightly different way to you. Curly whirlies. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do really like a curly whirly. Did reading it make you think about doing anything differently for yourself or have you already done anything differently for yourself? Well, I have. I have, Sarah. Okay. So, <laughs> what, so what it made me think about was the four areas that he focuses on, relaxing, eating, moving and sleeping. It made me self-assess where I think I am on those four areas mm-hmm. at the moment. So to your point, eating, I think I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, I, you are I, the best I know. eater I know. In a, like, that's actually a genuine compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I really think about what I eat and make sure that it's balanced and it's got all the good stuff in it. So I, that one I was like, okay, I'm sorted on this chapter. Relaxing, bad. I've literally, I've really defined this as bad, good, variable. So <laughs> relaxing, bad, eating, good, moving, I put good. Yeah, uh, you are I, I now. Think yeah, now, apart from where I'm, when I'm wearing high heels around London. And, like, and you refuse <laughs> to go for a walk with me, you know, which is yeah, ironic. I mean, yeah, yeah, that. But I'm, I'm missing that bit out. Generally, I try and do some kind of movement every day. And sleep, I have put variable because I think when I'm in a good routine with sleep, I'm, in, I'm very good at that. I know what I need and I kind of have high quality sleep, but I trade that off a bit too easily. That You know, if I'm, I burn the candle at both ends a bit too much. So it did make me think about that, which I thought was quite a useful assessment because it helped me to focus. But to your point, what have I done differently? There, he talks about quite a lot actually the movement about the benefit of HIT high intensity interval oh, yeah. training and I have done a bit more of that so I have signed up for the Tracy Anderson method which oh, yeah. is like she's some, yeah, some like fitness lady from the US I've done that and she does lots of HIT stuff and obviously it might not be obvious but on my I have a Peloton and they have lots of like HIT classes so I've done some more of that he has this cool thing though so you don't need any fancy tools to do this it's called like HIT the house which I thought was really cool so you set yourself like 30 seconds for example you stand at your house and you set your timer for 30 seconds and you walk as fast as you can up your street in 30 seconds and you look <laughs> at where you've got to in 30 seconds and then you go well, back you can go further 
yeah, you go outside, they set it again. You see if you can challenge yourself to go further. And I thought it was quite, quite I have a cheap quite way a lot of neighbours, though. You know, when you're like, <laughs> our, our street know each other quite well. And I'm just imagining like, what, would, what would happen in our street if they just saw me, like, just, like, marching down, coming back and, like, marching again. But I do get the point. You could, you could do that in a park as well, right? You could, yeah, you totally could. And um, the only other thing I've done is I've bought this thing called a whoop, a whoop, which um, when I was away, um, a guy I know called David, he had this whoop. Basically, it's like a body tracker thing. And it, oh, uh, that's your I, watch thing that doesn't do steps that you were telling me about. Yeah, it doesn't do steps. It, it tracks strain instead of steps. But the other thing that does, it tracks sleep. And so I found it really fascinating to look at the quality of my sleep when I've been doing different things. I mean, it's quite depressing because it says to you, if you want high quality sleep, when you should go to bed. And I'm like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> I'm like, I sort of dismissed when it tells me I should go to sleep. But I can see like if I have a drink before bed, what I can see that how that affects it has like the different types of sleep that you can have. It tracks it like the deep sleep. I think it's called REM. Yeah, sleep you wait till I tell you about uh, the why we what? sleep book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when we get onto our sleep yeah. podcast. But yeah, so it genuinely it has made me think slightly differently and do some different things. And I think if a book can do that for you, then I think you've read a book well, and a book has been sort of well written if it helps you to do that. What about you? I think it's made me reflect on... I'm good at walking already. So I, 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 love, really I love going out for walks. I, I already know... I think I know that it's kind of good for me, so I'm quite good at doing it. And I, I find it particularly helpful when I'm working at home. I actually feel like I don't need it as much. If I'm travelling around, because I would I walk a lot, so I'd, I very rarely drive for work. You know, I'm walking to stations, or I, I would always mm-hmm. walk around London. If I can walk in any city or any place, I would always choose to do that rather than, you know, get on a bus or get on a tube or something. But I... I think it's made me think more about walking without listening to things in my ears, essentially, because I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I actually don't listen to very much music, but I listen to loads of podcasts and just sometimes spotting when might it be helpful to go for a walk without listening to anything, because I think that is a different kind of walk. So it just made, it made me think about that more. And I think I would actually find that quite hard. You know, like it's become a real... I've got very used to, oh, I listen to, I'm listening to this podcast. You know, just sort of walking with your own thoughts is sort of scarier in some ways. Yeah. So it made me definitely think about that. It also reminded me that if you don't factor walks into your day, they don't happen. Yeah. And I really see that. So if I just put a walk in my diary, if I like look over like a couple of weeks and just be like, walk, sometimes it'll be 60 minutes. Sometimes I might do 90 minutes. Sometimes it could be half an hour. But if I don't look ahead, like you and I talk a lot at the moment about like looking ahead and kind of setting ourselves up for success. If I don't, it just doesn't happen. So it's made me think about doing that, particularly from sort of September onwards, you know, the sort of back to school feel of September and trying to mm. really commit to it between September and Christmas. Because I know it's a bit of, I feel like this has now become a cliche, but autumn is my favourite season. I feel like everyone says Mine that now. Too. And <laughs> so I'm like, right, make the most autumn. of autumn by like going out for a walk every day. I would like to see whether I could do it every day. The thing that really... I think impressed and in some ways overwhelmed me a little bit is the fact that when Libby talks about walking, she does do it every day without fail. And I find that like incredible. Like, how has she managed to kind of do that? And she does describe how she has managed to do it. So that's almost the purpose of the book. But I do find that an interesting challenge. Like, could I walk every day between September I'd and Christmas? I'd do that as an experiment with you for a week. Like, oh, we could do a week of walking as an experiment with no, no, like, digital distractions of any kind like a podcast or whatever and see how we felt I think well, you, you, would, you would go for a walk every day you're gonna do that are you yeah in the morning early okay. before I actually start my oh, day you, you would actually week. do the 5am one wouldn't you yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> you'll be messaging me I won't even be out of bed you'll be like I've done the walk I'm like oh god <laughs> would you find that motivating or really annoying <laughs> well we'll yeah. see yeah we'll see 
And the last one, it made me think about, which is not about what would I do differently. I was quite mindful reading the book and certainly the way the book is positioned and thinking about this for myself. I do feel like I'm in quite a privileged position to probably have, I have quite a lot of control over my diary, not not all the time, but to be able to make this happen in terms of thinking about walks. And I was thinking back to some other organisations I've worked in and other sorts of jobs I've done where I think it'd be loads harder. And so, first of all, sort of recognising that and thinking, well, what does this mean for everybody listening? And I was thinking it's interesting to think, like, what could organisations do to encourage and support people to kind of make the time to walk? And for a while, people were talking about virtual commutes, weren't they, like, you know, oh, when everyone was at home, or most people at home most of the time, use that time for your commute to kind of go for a walk. And I feel like that's sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit. And I just wonder whether there are, you know, everyone talks about all the well-being that organisations can do and, and organisations hopefully taking well-being really seriously. I feel like there is such a strong connection between walking and well-being. And I think people's biggest barrier listening now would be, well, that all sounds great, Sarah, but I don't, have the time or the support to make that happen in my day so I'd almost have to find time you know almost like outside of my day job to do this on top of everything else I'm already trying to do so I was like well perhaps you've got to reframe it and say well what if this was part of your day what if this was part of your job what if Mm. what if going for a walk every day was part of doing your job really well because my hypothesis would be if everyone went for a walk during their day they would do their jobs better. They would work better, more effectively, more efficiently. So how could you also experiment with that as like a team or as an organisation? It's a big hypothesis. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll test. I don't, all the research, I think they would back it up. And if you want your people to be more creative and innovative and to solve problems and to get unstuck and to have energy and motivation, all of those kind of things, you know, there'd, there'd be some good starting points for that hypothesis. I don't think I'm kind of plucking it out of thin air and going, oh, well, just because I enjoy it, I think it would work for everyone. I feel like it would be, yeah, maybe we should test it in our team. That's what, I was, that's what I was thinking. We should do a little walking experiment, see how people feel, how hard it is. I, like, I just remember, like, for example, when Virgin brought in a digital detox on a certain day and because a lot of the research would say that was a really good yep. thing, but actually the majority of people found it really annoying and frustrating. Mm. And so I kind of think the research is one thing and yeah, reality is another, but you do the experiment to, to learn, right? So, yeah. So who would you recommend this book to? So if somebody's listened to you talk a bit about the book, they've got some good insights now, like who do you think would be the audience for this book? I don't think it is a the right book for a super cynical person. You know, someone that wants loads of evidence. I mean, it's 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 well-researched and, mm-hmm. you know, you, there's lots of, you know, like the that's not synthetic the angle. Par- no, yeah, if you, want, if you want to dive deep into any single area like the sleep or the health, I'd go get a book just on that area because mm-hmm. there'll be more research on it. But if you're already, I'd say if you're already primed for a bit of a change, if you've already gone, do you know what? I already know that this is something I want to improve. I'm, I'm halfway there with my mindset, really. I just could do with a little bit of help. Then I think what this book does is it makes it pretty practical. There's loads of different ideas for action into it. It's sort of small action. I think it'd be a really good thing to do with somebody else because there's nothing too fundamentally life-changing within it. There is a collection of small actions that you can do that incrementally I think make a big difference to your health and that's not to do the book a disservice it's been designed like that so it's yeah. practical and possible but I would say do that it makes me more else. likely to read it that yeah, description do it with somebody else do it if you're halfway there you've made you already kind of made a bit of a commitment you want to make a change and yeah I think it's it's not too hard to read either I would say what about Libby's book 
I think Libby's book would be great if you were thinking about a new daily ritual. So I don't think it would actually have to be walking. I think because the book actually is sort of almost half about walking and half about Libby's personal journey and experience of creating this new ritual or something that she didn't do to something that she did do and that kind of became this really big part of who she is and her identity. So I think if you were thinking about almost anything, it wouldn't necessarily have to be walking. I think that would just be interesting just to observe and to learn from her. And it is quite a personal, powerful story. So again, a bit like you've described, certainly not about the science. It is quite a spiritual book, I would say, you know, sort of it's got more of a spiritual slant to it. It's got things like beautiful photography in. It's quite a calm read. I wouldn't say it's a practical read. So compared to some of the other books in the Do series, some of them I've read and they are very practical. So I've just read Do Scale, which is about scaling organisations. And that reads a bit more like a manual, you know, like a do this, try this. Here are the five steps to follow. Libby writes in a more sort of exploring, considered, curious way. Like I say, it's sort of, there's sort of about her story and then the sort of, as I was going back through it, actually scattered in there is, oh, maybe you could try this, or here's a little bit of research, or here's a quote by a philosopher. So it's that style of book. The other thing um, about all of the do books is they are short and sweet. So they are just they are just not long books. So you, you can read it in one sitting. You could read a little bit of it a day and keep coming back to it. You could, having read it twice, I actually enjoyed it more the second time, which hmm. was interesting. And it's definitely a book you could read twice you know and like it's very easy to do that so if you're not someone who wants a I don't want a massive book that's going to take me ages I want something that's short and I can just connect with quite quickly then I think it would it would absolutely work for people so we thought we would finish these episodes by picking our favorite sentence or sentences I say sentences because I've picked more than one um, yeah, but th- that were all together <laughs> we should say it's a good job I did that from the book that we felt either just summed up or were just something that really kind of stuck out for us yeah, so it's not really a super quotable book. I wouldn't say there's a lot of, what did you have, so- Socrates or Aristotle or whoever yes, you had? Yes, yeah. yeah. I haven't got a lot of that from this book, but there is this really nice bit around gratitude and there are three questions on gratitude, which Dr. Rongan has taken from someone called Charles Poliquin, who is a strengths coach, which I thought were just useful for people to hear and maybe you know reflect on themselves. So the three questions that you can ask yourself and the idea is you ask yourself this every day and it just helps you to increase that kind of relaxation piece. Number one, what have you done today to make someone else happy? Number two, what has somebody else done today to make you happy? And number three, what have you learned today? Good questions. That's what I thought. Yeah, That's what I thought. I like those. I, I was questions. just thinking... That's- Oh, I bought my son some fondant fancy cakes because he really likes them. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's going to make him really happy. <laughs> They're really Everyone old loves school the fondant cake, fancy. But I really Mr. like Kipling. them as well. Mr. Kipling or otherwise? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah or the original. Original. The original, the ADs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what about you? So, this is a couple of sentences towards the end of the book that Libby writes Learning expands our appreciation of the world. Walking every day is a way to guarantee that we have the opportunity and raw material for learning in each day. Events that require us to be a beginner are essential for growth. The beginner's mind is a humbling and mighty tool. Nice. The beginner's mind is a humbling and mighty tool is lovely. We should put that in our learning mindset programme that we we deliver. Lovely quote. (laughs) I like it. 
Brilliant. Well, hopefully you have enjoyed this. We've got three more episodes to go, so (laughs) there's more to come. We've done lots more reading, lots more learning. Do get in touch with us if it has triggered any different thoughts for you. We're just Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. And if you have read any books around this area that you think have helped you with your health as well, do let us know because we can curate those and share them with the Squiggly Career community as well. So thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you again next week talking about sleep. Bye for now. Bye, everybody. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.